Crush A Lot Podcast. I'm your boy Cheese. And I got a project you should definitely be checking out when you're home. And I love when I'm surprised by something. I love when a record hits me right in my face. It's undeniable how good it is. And people need to stop fronting and check it out. Hit the link below. Midas the Beast dropped one of the most amazing albums I've heard in a long time. I'm not saying that because he's on the guest. He's our guest today. You know how I get down. You've seen episodes and heard episodes of me fighting with guests on the show. I've done it. You know I don't do it. If I don't mean it, Where the Sidewalk Ends is a triumph of a record. If you're into lyricism, if you're, if you're into storytelling, if you're into finesse wordplay, flexibility, um, double entendres, triple entendres, all that technical crap. Plus, the level of production here is, is stellar from jazz to... Um, synthetic stuff Everything in between All blended together To make a wonderful soundscape I cannot tell you How happy I was To discover this project Midas the Beast Welcome to the Crush A Lot Podcast Peace, peace, peace How you, how you? I'm, I, I'm excited We've been planning this one for a while Yeah um, The corona tried to get us But we're yeah. here So uh, while we, we gotta celebrate That's what makes hip hop so special The community in it and and then this project just is just I just can't take it off, and I want to go into it because where the sidewalk ends is obviously a homage to to a, a lot of the old school literature stuff. Yeah. It's just kind of like how you write your music. Period. What was the idea of this of this project? Because it's it's it is definitely I wouldn't say it's different. From your other, from your debut album or some of the uh, the Loop Two projects, it, it's a, a continuation of that, but it just seems so well crafted and yeah. oh, every second was really well developed. What was the idea of this? Yeah, um, you know, I've been putting out, you know, working on putting out music for a stretch. <clears throat> um, I, I was I was playing a little bit better like this when I first started rhyming, um, which you know was I was in like middle school when I first started rhyming. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you know I've been I've been putting pen to paper for a long time and crafting my style for a long time and all that. But <clears throat> when I first started rhyming, I always had an idea of what I wanted to sound like. You know what I'm saying? Like in my head, I was like, "Yo, I want to sound like like this." I had this like pedestal of like what I wanted to be able to do and you know every rhyme you write is is a pathway to that you know to that sound that you're trying to get to I would I would do a song and I would listen to the song back and the song would be dope or the verse would be dope but I'd be like damn I'm still not I'm still not hitting that what I'm what I'm trying to hit in my head you know what I'm saying and even as um, a claim would come and some, you know, yo, yo, you killed that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, but you're not hearing that I'm not there where I'm trying to get yet, right? So like that's that's kind of the backdrop for getting to where Sidewalk is because, you know, when I was able to put out um AU and AU was my, you know, debut album and everything, you know, they AU got a lot of love. And when I when I went back to AU and I was like, man, still not doing what I what I hear in my head. Um you know, I'm getting closer, but I'm not there yet. Loops one and loops two were really the first um, 
projects that was like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm starting to see that path and, and run down that path. And that's why it's been such a stretch between, you know, Loops 2 and Sidewalk. Loops 2 was really the last for a Sidewalk. So uh, between, you know, Loops 2, I used to, I've, I've been telling people, you know, a lot of my homies and stuff like, man, Loops 2 came out and I feel like I just learned how to rap when I put out Loops 2, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, but just learning how to rap in the way that, I mean, so that was really the, the beginning stages of, of putting together Sidewalk. And Sidewalk was, you know, like you said, it was an homage to, to Shel Silverstein and, and things like that. But really, you know, Loops 2 was an homage to Charles Bukowski, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, my, my whole thing has been, I come from the perspective of being a writer, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I go to open mics out in Orlando sometime and these kids, these kids is just like going crazy about freestyling. And I definitely used to, you know, do my freestyle thing. I won battles, I've been in many and all that. But, but you know, at some point I realized that, you know, I'm a writer and that's that's what I do. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm more a writer than I am any other part, you know, more a writer than musician, more a writer than freestyle, I'm a writer. So I wanted to be able to bring the, the, the writing aspect back to the forefront uh, of, this, of this rap shit. You know, that's kind of that's kind of how Sidewalk started to gain its legs a little bit. Man, I, I love that you said that because as a listener, an older listener, just turned 40, and listening to hip hop all my life, mm. what it's not easy to entertain and grasp someone at my age. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's no disrespect yeah. to people who make music that are there. You know, mainstream music, and it's there and it serves a purpose. And hip hop has a lot of subgenres. I've been saying that. For a year now and it's it's good in your lane but you're not gonna put something in front of me a 40 year old man who's been through this and not have some compelling things to say for me to listen to it and invest to it what i picked up on this album is the the love for the the language of the english language it, like there was so much love and respect given to the language and how to manipulate it to convey different ideas messages and let the listeners interpret things um as they you know breathe it in and take it yeah. in for me it, it was a package that i had to always go back and absorb because i didn't catch everything i'm still catching things i'm still digesting all the different colors and movements and lessons that's there and it's interesting when you go back to your back catalog, it was more like, I'm a spit, 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 spit. Yes, it sounded good. Yes, it sounded cohesive. But the words didn't have as much weight to it because it was just about, let me show you how clever I could be versus I'm a, I want these words to hit you and seep into your into your mind. And it, it just sits there longer, um, at least for me as a listener. How, how did you realize you got to that place of like, okay, now I'm really ready? Because this seemed like this is like, it seems like this is your magnum opus, right? This is like um, everything that you did build to this moment. This is the act. This, in a lot of ways, this is your debut. This is yeah. what you want. Uh, this, uh, this, yeah, I, I call it the magnum opus for sure. But I think, I think what, what it was, it was a couple of things actually. Uh, one, it was as an artist being able to listen to yourself with a critical ear. And 
like I said, having a having a a, 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 a sound goal in your head, right? Um, you know, another another part of it is finding the right production to pull out pull out the certain emotion that you're going for. So, um, I have been working with you know my brother. I make mad beats uh, for a long time, um, and I still you know still work with my brother. I make mad beats. My brother Zarism, that's my that's my team, that's the family. Um, I think what ended up happening was, you know, the the way that the hip hop climate kind of was when I was doing uh, AU and stuff around that era, it was just very hip hop. You know what I'm saying? It was just very, it was very boom bap. And you know, I was I was even trying to move into. I mean, if you if you go, if you really dig in the catalog, you'll hear the beginnings of of the loop stuff in there. Uh, there's you know, I, I saw somebody post the other day something about when No Drums movement started. And I'm like, yo, I got No Drums joints in 07 and 06. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's been like that for me. But, you know, I, I, I ran into Delhi. Um, Delhi, Delhi kind of hit me up. Delhi hit me up right after Loops 1. So Delhi heard Loops 1 um, and, hit, and, and, and he knew somebody who knew me. Uh, Delhi hit me. Delhi lives in uh, he lives out of country. He lives in South America. So Delhi Delhi hits me on the, on the net. And he's like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I want to send some beats your way. Blah blah blah. So Delhi sends me a pack. Now here's the thing, man. I get beats all the time from a million million motherfuckers. So you know that 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 idea of yo, I'm sending you a pack does not truly excite me because most of the time the beats is trash. Like that's that's just what it is. So. I get a lot of beats, and then you know, like I said, I got I make mad beats. I got Zarism, you know, on deck, and my niggas is, is psychopaths with production like that, like they're fire. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I think one day I was sitting in, and I and, and I was just sitting in the lab and just bored, going through you know joints, trying to see what I could write to. Pulled up one of the Delhi joints and was like, hmm, okay, this this is this is alright. So like you know maybe I'd. Maybe out of 10 beats he sent, two of them was crazy, but crazy, crazy. And I was like, okay. So I did something over uh, a couple of them and they sent them back. And we started to send them back and forth a little bit. And then we fell out of, we fell out of touch. Like we didn't do nothing with the joints. We just, they, they just kind of got created, fell out of touch. Um, in that same span still to, to kind of tie it all together, I, I, I was, I went to a, uh, I went to a um, boot camp show. And saw uh, saw P um, just murder it live, you know what I'm saying? And but but it was the way P murdered it that had a big impact on me. I saw him, I saw him in a live setting have the crowd uh, live on every line, and I'm going, huh? You're special. Somebody like yeah, for, you know I'm an analyzer, man. I mean, if you you can tell by the album, you know I'm an analyzer. So I'm sitting here going. Okay, so like everybody else came up here and performed and they performed their songs and people was was wowing to their songs. They was vibing to their songs. P had you vibing to his words. So I need to I need to stand on that lane. You know what I'm saying? My I, I, I want you to I want you to live on the words. Because if you love the words, you'll love the songs. You know what I'm saying? So so you know, I kinda I kinda studied that moment. 
and 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 took that moment into what I was looking for moving forward with the production um, that I was that I was going to be rhyming over moving forward. So it was really hard for me to explain what I was looking for to people. It was hard for me to explain it to. I mean, mad. It was hard to explain it to Zarism. It was hard to explain it to Delhi Sharp. You know, all the guys that produced for me. Uh, so what I did is I just did Loose Two, and Loose Two was. You know, that was my way of saying, hey guys, this is the kind of stuff I want to rhyme on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want it to sound like this. I want it to move like this. Um, this is the energy that, that I'm trying to put forward. And it gave me an opportunity to slow down just a little bit. You know, if you look at some of the older catalog, it was it was real, it was real like savage bar heavy. Like, correct. Coming, coming to rip your head off, you're going, you're going to die right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, I had to learn how to do that without so many words, but still, but still be technical because that's where, that's where I come from, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, all right, how did, and, and people don't understand that, man. I hear people, there's a line on the album, uh, I don't even, shit, I don't even know if it's on the album or not. There's a line, um, that I got where it talks about, uh, they say there's no, yeah, I think it's on the album. They say there's no skill, you just rhyme slow. Uh, because uh, these young niggas think this bar shit is just punchlines. No, uh, you know what I'm saying? Because there's so many people that think if you don't rhyme at breakneck speed, you're not rhyming. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, bro, like, have you learned how to play with space? Have you learned how to play with? How you how you play with sounds? Have you know all the different things you can do that's bigger than just. Da -da 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 -da. So that's kind of those are kind of some of the the, the wheels yeah. in motion. And there's a lot of MCs that could go and do that, and there's a, and there's a place for that, and there's a, and there's a place in an album for that for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what we're talking about, and what you're saying, and why I love this album so much, is that there's space for the words to breathe. They're mm. not on top of each other because it's so fast. But the artistry is that there's so much content and depth and weight to the words that you don't need to have a hundred words in between that one word that needs to be highlighted but you can really capture what you're trying to give to people and that's why I like this album because when I listened to the to Loops and even before that there they was definitely a different cadence in the space but this one seems like you really want people to hear the words and the production from Delhi is complementing that and I think a lot of people lean on production to carry the song a lot um and to hide some of the you know some of the lack of skills that a lot of mcs have but this one just seemed to place the importance on the lyrics even more how is it working with with delhi um who has his own story from another part of the world and we're gonna get him on the show i have to get him on the show yeah option is so so lush and so vibrant um, well, how was it working with him once you guys, how did you guys, guys get back in touch and how did you start plowing forward with this record? Because it's, it really is a joint record between both. Oh of yeah. 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 It's definitely, definitely a joint project. He, um, I hadn't talked to him for years. So Loose 2 comes out, um, you know, Loose 2 is doing this thing, whatever. Um, at that time I was, I was signed with Kevin Nottingham, um, and, you know, just doing doing my thing. And then I was kind of looking for what my next project was going to be uh, coming out of that stretch. So, you know, I was I was like, man, what I want to do next? What I want to do next? Um, 
And then me and Sharp, uh, me and Sharp linked up for A Bad Day at Black Rock. You know what I'm saying? Um, right around the time that me and Sharp linked up for A Bad Day at Black Rock, uh, Deli, Deli uh, sent me a message like, yo, uh, how's everything? What you been up to? Type Steve's. And it had been like five or six years, you know, since then. And I'm like, oh shit, this dude, what's up? Uh, he's like, yo, are you, uh, you ever plan on putting out any of those joints? I'm like, nah, not really. I'm like, you know, them joints old and nah, not really. He's like, well, I got some new joints. I'm like, yeah, yeah, send them through, whatever. So he sent through a pack. And now this time, out of 10 joints, nine joints is crazy. And I'm like, oh, He's hold on. His yeah, I'm like, oh, hold, hold on, hold on. Like, this is, uh, and, and, you know, I, I kind of pride myself on having an ear um, for, I mean, I pride myself on having an ear probably on the same level that I feel like I can write on. Like I I, I just got an ear for a dope sample. I got an ear for a dope beat. Um, you know, I, I like music that brings in emotion. So that's always what I'm listening for. So anyway, I'm like, I'm like, son, like this new shit is crazy. So I'm like, new shit is crazy, man. He's like, yo, you know, I'm just, you know, just working, working, working. I'm like, son, let me, let, let's tap in. So. We, we actually started working on songs without really having too much. Look, to this point, I had never spoke to him on the phone. We had never video chat, nothing. This is just through text, you know what I'm saying? Email and whatever. So so what, what we basically started doing is he would send, you know, send some joints. And I'm a, I'm a pretty quick writer. So he would send joints and I would, I would bang out, send, send the joint back. He would send joints, bang out, send the joints back. And we kind of did that. Uh, you know, for about a three or four month stretch where we're sending joints back and forth. We might have sent back and forth 15, 20 joints. And there was one joint in particular, the last song in the album is Midnight Society. Um, and he uh, he sends this beat, and I mean, and, and the songs that we were doing were dope, but he sends this beat through, and the intro to the beat was what became the beat for, for Midnight Society. So, I heard the I heard the whole beat. The beat was cool, but the intro was crazy. I was like, "Son, this, what you, why, what's up with that?" So what I ended up doing was just looping up the intro to that beat and doing Midnight Society, and I sent that back. Excuse me. So he was like, he got that back, and he was like, "Yo, why you ain't rhyming the joint?" I'm like, "Cause this is the part. This is the shit right here." And he, and it was that moment. He, he always tells me, he's like, "Yo, it was that moment when I was like, ah, oh, so this is what this dude is trying to do. This is." The direction, you know, the, the steam you're trying to go on, and he, uh, he, he got it. Yep, it was the aha moment. And then at that point, the production even went a different way, and that's when we started doing, you know, forgot about it, the nigga hat, and all that, and all that other stuff, you know, but that way. But Delhi, Delhi, and I really formed a real crazy symbiotic MC producer uh, kind of relationship where he, he, he knew it. exactly what I'm doing. You hear it? Yeah. Yeah, he, he knows exactly what I'm trying to do. Um, I, I, you know, I know, I know when I get a pack from him, I know, I, I know that I'm going to find, you know, a bunch of joints in there that's like, okay, let's go. And, you know, I think one thing about us too is we don't talk much, man. We just work. Like, I, you know, I think about the song, I mean, not the song, I think about the, uh, the Mad Villain uh, album. And they, and they were saying that Doom, Doom is writing on the roof and, and Mad Lib is making beats in the, in the, in the bomb shelter, right? 
So I think about that, like they didn't have a lot of communication, man. They just, hey, send the beats upstairs and I get to work. And that's kind of what we do, man. The beats come, I work, send it back. Beats come, I work, send it back. We're not trying to figure stuff out. He's not talking to me about song ideas and shit. We just, we just go on. It's, it's two creatives feeling off each other and creating from that. And I love that process. You can hear it in the project. You can really hear it in the project. And for, once again, an old time listener, for me, I pick up on those things very quickly, very easily. And that's how I know this project is very, very special. It's going to stay with me for many, many years because it's that level of creativeness, thoughtfulness, and even things like, like even references that, that were made in there that made me like, I know what he's talking about. Yeah. I, when yeah. he inspected deck uncontrolled substance, I was like, yeah, um, I bet you he understands why Inspector Deck is very one of the most, if not the most important, Wu member. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's the one. He's the he's the one. He's the pen that's closest to yours in terms of every word meaning something. Even though the cast around him had the the, the big personalities, you get lost in that. He's the one that you could call the all star in Wu Forever in uh, Thirty Six Chambers because he was the one painting the stories. Right? right, and so when you said, "I'm like, okay, I could, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is it, this is, this is the one." So yeah. I, I, I pick up those little nuances um, as well. I'm interested when I was, you know, listening to the album, and then I got curious about the catalog, and then I got curious, more curious about you and, and why I reached out to you. Is you know. My East Coast biases are so in front of me. I don't even deny it. Like yeah. those '90s areas, you could not tell me anything about anything that wasn't New York City. Yeah. I would not acknowledge it. I would not. Of course, I'm older now, and so I, I've calmed that down. So when I hear the word Orlando, I'm like, forget about it. It's not going to work for me. Uh, this is your former Orlando. What's Orlando hip hop scene like? Because I'm hip-hop is still very regional yeah every every place has its own sound and i know people look at new york atlanta and houston all those places and rightfully so but in different pockets that have different sound what's what's orlando hip-hop like um well you know you gotta remember orlando is a place that people it, it's it's, the, it's one of the main places that people from new york move to right yeah. so we got we got all the Puerto Ricans, we got all the Dominicans, we got all of the the the, the New York uh, you know black people that moved down. We got all those heads. So you know when when I was because I went to now I'm from New York. You know what I'm saying so I'm, I'm one of those where like my family ends up moving down to Orlando. And I'm gonna tell you this: the million motherfuckers I meet out here that's that's the same story. Yo, my family moved out. My family moved out. My family moved out. They got so, the Yankee yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a big pocket of, of New York energy out out this way, right? So like, you know, when I was in middle school and shit, uh, the South Cats used to call everybody from New York Wu-Tangers. Uh, if you was from New York, you just, they didn't call you New York, they called you Wu-Tang. You know what I'm saying? They, that's how they treated you. So it, it, was, it was one of those things, right? It, it was one of those things, but like, what I what I ended up learning was, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of kids in middle school and high school, you know, during my era that, you know, had their older brothers, had their older cousins, 
had they all the people that were still in New York and or, you know, help curate their music taste in their, in their ear for music. And then there was MCs out here. And then there was a lot of dudes moving down in high school and college and all that. And, you know, of course, the, the, the big college down here is uh, the, um, at UCF. And, you know, you're attracting people from all over the country that got different different styles and whatever. So it was kind of a melting pot of flavor. You know, add on to that, we Disney, we got uh, tourists and all that, you know what I'm saying? So there's actually a lot of ground indie backpack sound, especially late late 90s, early 2000s was, was heavy out here. And we was running around, me and my mans was running around battling dudes and catching you at the parking lots and catching you at the movie theater bathrooms and, you know, I used to run around, you can ask niggas, I used to run around with a purple boom box with batteries, pull the batteries out, put the boom box in, battle you, walking down the street holding your girl's hand. Like we was on, we was on murder shit. Like we was like that. that. Was so that that's summer? kind of what it was. And then, I mean, that summer? Huh? That was you. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, I, I might have, man. Like, you know, it was live then. It was live then, man. And like a lot of MCs came out of this thing, man. Um, you know, some yeah. notable cats, man. Um, my man Murdoch went on to do the 50K battle um, and, and won the 50K battle and was on Sway Attack with Kanye doing this thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, my man Johnny Storm became a renowned battler. Um, you know, just a lot of a lot of heads. My man, I'm making mad beats. Then, then created a label in Memphis, moved away to Memphis and created a label and got big things going that way. So a lot of people that came through this through this melting pot that we that we call Ozone, man. Uh, my verse, you know, my verse went on to do her battle thing and, and is killing the game. Um, you know, like a lot of people came through this through this hole and went out and branched out and got and got some real notoriety and did some things. Um, and that's because we was all battling each other. We was, we was, you know, and then it started off, but yeah, it started off battling, then it, then it turned into friendships and and and, and, and working together and, and trying to bring up this Orlando thing. But, you know, Orlando is definitely a big um, piece of creating the Midas character. Now, there ain't nobody rhyming like me out in Orlando, but, you know, I come from a different set of thought processes, you know what I'm saying? But we, we still family out here. Crush a lot podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for checking it out. Uh, consider subscribing, cheering, all that good stuff. But most importantly, hit the link below. Go check out uh, Midas the Beast catalog. It's a, any starting point is fine, but I, I could not highly recommend any more uh, where the sidewalk ends. It's, it's a triumph of a of a record. My early uh, record of the year. Um, just putting it out there now. It's tough. I know people like their their gully shit, and I do too. But this is a special album. I want people to go check it out. Um, saying that, Midas, I appreciate your time. Um, wash your hands for twenty seconds or more. Staying on it. Staying on it. And for everybody else, you know, um, it, it's a good hip hop is a great place for community. As my kids are crying and in the background, I'm gonna scrub that out. Go to sleep, damn it. I'm working. Um, but hip hop's a special place. Um, but we definitely is a good time to really show the, the universe why the hip hop community is so special. So stop attacking me on Twitter because I didn't like your record. That ain't gonna happen. Yeah. I think. Hey, I gotta. I got a quick uh, thought oh. just to throw out there uh, on the on the gully the, the, the gully the gully shit you was just talking about because um, and this this is just a quick thought but it hit me 
you know, one thing that I, I stayed away from on this album was features. Um, yeah. And another thing that I stayed away from on this album was I was very conscious to not make the same album all these niggas is making right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I know what I know what the wave is sounding like. I know what the wave is moving like. I've been around for the whole time. I know how to do that. You know what I mean? I know how to do the wave. I, I can play with the wave. But I didn't want my album to be the wave. My album is a different wave. You know what I'm saying? It's, I wanted to be able to do this to do the thing that most of these niggas can't do. Whereas the thing that I'm doing, or whereas the thing that they're doing, is a chamber that I can tap into fairly easily if I wanted to. But you know, I wanted to, I wanted to find new ways to differentiate, man. So you know, just jumping into new chambers and bringing up new energies and styles was was really important for this project. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I I said one of my early tweets of 2020 for for hip hop music was, I'm waiting for someone to come in and do something different. Yeah. I want yeah. hip hop is so much better when everyone just puts on the creative hat, hat and and just try new things and I love my gully shit I'm gonna buy and support it. And I, I got more coming, so it's the thing. Yeah. But yeah, but I love new experiences. I, I love new listening experience. That's how you can last a long time when every project is different and different. Um, and that's and that's what this project is. There's a few ones out there. I think the Guilty Simpson and the, the LSD project and something else. It's a very special project because it's so different. Mm. So that's what I'm looking for. So I, I, I got it. Thank you. I, I, my last question, though, mm. is, is there any plans for a vinyl release for this? Oh, man, that is uh, number one. Because number this, one question to live somewhere. Because so, I'm, I'm going to buy the rights to these things. And I'm going to put it out myself. God damn it. Someone do it. Hey, so listen, we can talk offline. Um, nah, you know, Delhi, Delhi's a, Delhi's a major vinyl head. Like, he's the ultimate vinyl head. And, I mean, like, I mean, from the beginning of putting this project together, together, Delhi's whole thing was vinyl, 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 vinyl. Just, uh, at the time when we were putting it out, like, all kinds of stuff was going on and we didn't really have a chance to, and we kind of hot-shotted the release a little bit just because of some of the stuff that was going on. So we didn't have the chance to really figure out the final plan just yet. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, since then, I've kind of been in talks with a lot of different people about a vinyl release and trying to do something that makes some sense for what I think the specialness of the project is. Uh, just having, to this point today, I haven't found a situation that I love just yet. But uh, there's a vinyl release coming. It'll, it'll happen before the end of the year. It'll, it'll come and... Let's talk offline because there's a lot of people in the business I know that might hear that with the utmost respect it deserves. Crush a lot podcast. I'm your boy Cheese, Midas the Beast. Check out the catalog. Save your stimulus money for when that vinyl comes out. Yeah. Don't pay child support for one month. Save that mm-hmm. month. Bum, bum, bum. CDs available, special packaging as well. Midas, I appreciate you. Be safe, my brother. We'll talk yes, soon. Sir. One love.